Sunday, we'll be doing church totally different than we've ever done church before. You know, we're talking about building blocks, and I've been preaching on the Holy Spirit for four weeks. And he's finally released me after this, after this service to move on to our next subject on building blocks. It's going to be prayer. Hello? Can y'all hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. All right. But I firmly believe that, that after, after this Sunday that we're going to look at things a little bit different. I'm going to give you a little background of the things that we've been talking about for those of y'all that, that hadn't been able to be here for the, for the whole series. And then we're going to get over into it. But what we're talking about is we talked about the foundation uh, it has to be the rock, has to be Jesus Christ. And then from that, we can build. And we went to the Word first. That was our first building block. And then after that, we went to the Spirit. Uh, and we've been there for four weeks, and I could be there another four weeks. I promise you, I could. Uh, but we're going to move on after this week. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me over to Acts. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, and, you know, that one-third of the Trinity that lives inside of us. Amen. Y'all stick with me today, okay? Acts chapter 1, we're going to read 4 through 8. This is the reading of the Word. And being assembled together with them, we're talking about Jesus after he's been resurrected. It says, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses of me into Jerusalem, into Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that your word's true. We thank you, Father God, that, that you talked about a promise right here of the Holy Spirit. And, and if it wasn't true, you wouldn't have said it, Father. Uh, Lord, I ask that you just anoint my lips today, Father God, uh, that I speak clearly. Just the things that you would have me to say, the things that you've given me, Father God, for this time, for this season, for this Sunday morning, that you be glorified in every bit of it. Now, I ask that you open up the hearts and the minds of those that's in this room under the sound of my voice and to those that are watching online right now, Father God, that they can receive the infallible word of God, Father God, that they're not looking at me or they're not, they're not looking at the music ministry uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I ask that they not even remember me when they leave here, Father God, but only Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that, Lord. Now listen, this is your service. Any way you want to go with it, Father, you have your way in here, and we'll get out of the way, Lord. And we love you, and we praise you, and we're going to give you honor for it, because you're worthy of it. And the church says, amen. So a little bit of background for y'all that, that hasn't been here for the whole series, but we, we've talked about when we hear the word that Jesus talked about, the promise, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that immediately people's mind runs to speaking in tongues. Y'all remember me talking about that. For those of y'all that don't remember, that's what I've been talking about for the last four weeks, is immediately people jump to speaking in tongues. The church gives the church a bad taste even the Pentecostal movement gives the Pentecostal movement a bad taste when they immediately jump to speaking in tongues, right? That freaks some people out, amen, right? Because we don't understand it. 
We know it's a promise because Jesus said it's a promise. And we understand that Jesus is faithful. There's a, there's a, a reason for the promise. But a lot of times we just hear the word baptized with fire or baptized with the Holy Spirit. We think about speaking in tongues. Then from there we go to rattlesnakes. And, and then it just, we're not going to break no rattlesnakes out, I promise. Not right now, anyway. I'm just kidding. So um, I, do you all understand what I'm saying? It, just, it gives a bad taste a lot of times. Now, we also looked and we learned the, the Scripture all through the book of Acts where we get this doctrine from that the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. That's the initial evidence. If you look through it, uh, you know, I can't base a doctrine off of a verse. There's a lot of churches that base their doctrine off of one verse. I'll get that in a little while. The Bible says that God is a friend closer than a brother, right? Does that mean that I can make God my homeboy? You follow me? I can't make a doctrine on the fact that God's my friend because if I, if I make a doctrine on the fact that God's my friend, then I can bring my God down to my friend level and therefore we're here instead of master and slave. You understand what I'm saying? But we find throughout the book of Acts and into the New Testament that there's plenty of evidence to build a doctrine on that shows when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, the initial evidence of that is that they spoke in tongues. That's where we get that from. Amen. Then I explain to everyone that the initial evidence of something, there's so much more. I have an initial for my first name. It's H, right? That's the initial evidence of my name. Come on, somebody. Y'all stick with me. You have an initial. That's why sometimes we put our initials, but it's not our whole name. It's not our true identity. It's not the completeness of who we are, but it is the initial evidence of who you are. Amen? There's so much more after the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. Remember I told you that you get filled with the Holy Ghost of fire and it burns on the inside of you and it will have you speaking in an unknown tongue. Of course it will. It will have you saying things like, I'm sorry. When you get filled with the fire of God, it will have you going back and making amends to people that you harmed years ago and saying, please forgive me. See, that's an unknown tongue to the church today. Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry. May I help you? Can I do something for you? Because for some reason we've been programmed that everything's about us and not about him. There's you an unknown tongue. You want to speak in tongues? Go back to your ex-wife. Tell her some things I've done wrong too. This ain't no popular preaching today, brother. I see that. Like, I want to be filled with the fire of God, but I don't want nothing to do with the ex-wife. But fill in your own blank. You know what I mean? Fill your own blank in. There's some things in life where we could go back and make amends to, but, we, but our flesh will not allow us because our flesh is overriding our spirit. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Hallelujah. We talked about a couple of key words in Acts. I just read the word Shall. It says it numerous times in those four verses. You shall receive power. You shall be a witness. And we talked about how the word shall was a definite article. There was no doubt in it. There's no maybe in it. There's no gray in it. When the word shall is said into a contract, into like a, a written contract between two people, me and Brother Dan was talking, that is definite. The, the you shall meet this credential. You shall meet this time play. You shall meet this money. Whatever it may be. It's a definite article. It says you shall, not maybe you can. You shall be a witness. You shall receive power. That's definite. 
Then we talked about the word power. Where we get the word dunamis from. The Greek word dynamis is pronounced sometimes. It's where we get the word dynamite. So we shall, we definitely will receive an explosive type of power through the baptism of the Holy Ghost is what these four verses are saying. That's what I've been talking about for four weeks. That it's the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, but there's a power that's explosive that comes behind that that we can go build the church. You shall in the name of Jesus. Finally, last week I spoke about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. It will not only have you saying I'm sorry to someone, but it'll have you on your face before God saying, forgive me. See, the Spirit recognizes Spirit, and it bears truth in our life. And when we get filled with the fire of God, the fire consumes us first. See, the fire consumes us first to the point to where we have to be burned up. Amen? That no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to some people in here today. you got to know in order for you to live, you must first die. Then yourself, all those rights that you think you got, they're dead. Because dead men don't have rights. Are you with me? When's the last time we asked someone, can I pray for you? Does that mean you're not saved? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's between you and God if you're saved or not. You know if you're saved. You know if you're saved. That's between you and God. I'm talking about building a church here. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It ain't about getting a get-out-of-hell-free card, getting your, little, getting your little card stamp with a little hole puncher that says you made heaven. It ain't about that. How many, what is it for me to make heaven but my brother doesn't? That's what we're talking about in the book of Acts. Remember I told y'all that that the book of Acts is the only book that's not finished. It's still being written today. The church is still being built today. We're the the, the disciples and apostles that's building the church today. I'm not talking about a bigger building. I'm not talking about a fancier ministry. I'm talking about telling people about Jesus Christ. And it only comes through the fire of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Acts chapter 2. Woo! I'm telling you, y'all stick with me. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy right now. I am a little crazy. I'm crazy for the Lord. See, I was a fool for the devil. (laughs) But I'm crazy for the Lord today. Today's your day, young lady. You know that? Today could be your day where life changes. Do you know that? Do you know today could be the day that your life changes? It goes in a different direction than you ever met. Hallelujah. Does someone need some direction change in their life? Okay, me and Marty. All right, cool. Me and you'll get it today. All right, brother? You and I. Praise God. I'm going to talk to you all today about three rights that we have. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Y'all got it on the board? Amen. There's that word Pentecost. Don't freak out. No no rattlesnakes. I promised this brother we weren't going to bring rattlesnakes, and I meant it. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were, where they were setting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues as a fire, and one set on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Amen. I'm going to talk to you today about three rites. The first one's the right time. Y'all write it down if y'all are taking notes. 
If you ain't taking notes, then watch it again and take notes. Who knows that God's timing is not our timing? Who knows that? Who knows that God's timing is not our timing? Who knows that the timing of us compared to the timing of God is totally skewed? He's always right on time, right? We say it all the time. God's on time, right on time, all the time. All those little cliches you hear in the church today and you got on your bumper stickers. Do you truly believe it? God's on time. He's a right on time God. You hear me, Miss Emma? Our time stinks compared to God's time. You remember that thing you was praying for back when you was in high school or in college? And you were saying, Lord, I just got to have this in my life. I just love him so much. I just... Ain't you glad God didn't see that was the right time for that person? I just know, God, right now is the time for me to invest in this. I, I just feel it in my bones. You prayed about it and a little leaf fell down beside you. You thought that was the sign of God. This must be the right time. You've prayed that prayer and had that, had that acre and hit your head. Bam, like that must be God. <laughs> I've prayed that, but just give me a sign, Lord, then the phone rings or whatever. Who knows God's time and ain't our time? Our first right's going to be the right time. Turn to Galatians 4. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God for his timing. Galatians 4, we're going to read 1 through 5. Hallelujah. Say amen when you're there. It says, now I say that, this, this is Paul, right? It says, now that I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Y'all get that in a minute. It says, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed. We're talking about time here, right? It says, until the time appointed by the Father. Come on. Then he goes on in verse 3, Paul says, Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, underline that, highlight that, pray on that. But when the fullness of God's time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive, watch this, adoption as sons or as children, that we might receive adoption at just the right time. We're talking about the right time. We're talking about God's timing. I'm here to tell some people in this church today that I know there's been some times in your life when you felt all alone on the inside you felt empty you thought your life had no purpose you thought your life had no meaning you weren't even sure if God knew your name or knew you existed but I'm here to tell you according to the word in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 he says but when the fullness of God's time had come he reached down and the adoption papers showed up in your life and he called you child and snatched you out of whatever it was you was in but it was in his time because it was the right time, not our time. You were crying out, God, when's this thing going to leave? You were doing everything you thought you could. You were tithing. You were going to church. You were reading the word, and you were praying. And whatever it was you was praying for just didn't seem to leave. My child was still bound by addiction. My finances wasn't where they were. I was still sick. Whatever it may be, you were praying. But at just the right time, in the fullness of God's time, and he reached down and gave us victory. Do you remember the last victory God gave you? It's not the same God in that victory as the one that we're looking for right now. 
I know you showed up back here, Lord, but I'm not sure about this. Well, if he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, then you've got to know that victory's coming, but it's not in your time. That's a tough prayer. We say it. Let your will be done, Father. What we're saying is in your time, God. But really we're saying, could it be in my time? Let your will be done, but I'd rather my will be done. Because I need this thing to show up right now. But we just, we, we just conferred a minute ago that God's always on time. That he's never late. Amen? So what are you teaching me through the time that I'm having to wait on the victory? What is it you're trying to show me, Lord? What is it that I need to do for you in order for this time to be usable in the future? Why me? Why me? Hallelujah. You see, when the fullness of God's time has come, no longer will you feel empty on the inside. Whatever issue you're dealing with, you know you've gotten victory on it. You've been released. You know how we say that's that churchy word. I've been released. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just philosophical Christianity is saying, man, God got me through that. At PG, we're just going to say God got me through it. No longer will you have uh, uh, an idea that you have no purpose or meaning for your life. We were bound by addiction. We were bound by pornography. We were bound by whatever. You can put your secret sin in there. I guess we'll just talk about me this morning. But at the end of the day, there were some things that we were all bound by. But we got victory through it. And we were released in God's timing. And come to find out, whatever it was you was going through that season, it had nothing to do with you anyway. <laughs> It had nothing to do with us anyway. When I realized that my addiction had nothing to do with me, but it was about the next brother, that I may be able to share hope with them, that they don't have to go through the things that I had to go through, then I look back at it and I say, Lord, why ain't you taking this from me? But now I say, Lord, if you need to put me back there, so be it. Pray that prayer. If I need to walk the mile just a little longer, Father God, to make sure my brother misses hell, I'll walk it. Put me on my face. Because it's your timing, not mine. God ordained a specific time, a divine appointment, a supernatural meeting, a predestined before the world was ever found. Before it was either formed, before he stitched us in our mother's womb, there was a time where heaven was going to invade earth and you would have an opportunity to accept the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He had that ordained before you was even thought of. Ain't that crazy? It's God's timing. When Jesus came to earth, when Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus was resurrected, when Jesus ascended on high, and guess what? When Jesus comes back, it's all in God's timing. Because it's a divine appointment. If all those other things, do y'all believe that Jesus was born? Do y'all believe that he had a ministry? Do you believe that he died on a cross? Do you believe that he was in the tomb for three days? Come on, church. Do you believe that, that, that he walked 40 days after that and he ascended upon high? If you believe every bit of that, you hang your eternal salvation in that. Guess what? Then you got to believe that he's coming back in God's time.
We look, at, we look at CNN and we look at the news and we read the newspaper and we say the, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. There's some people who need to hear this right now. We, we, we want to look at all the bad, but look at all the opportunity we have as the church of God to be able to go and witness to people in a dying and falling and failing world this opportunity and not all bad. How do you view this? The harvest is plentiful. We just need some laborers. That's what the book of Acts is about. That's why he said, I'll give you a power that you, that you can't even fathom. That there'll be a power come over you in Walmart. There'll be a power come over you at your dinner table with your kids. There'll be a power come over you. No matter where you may be in your workplace or in your community, there'll be a power comes over you that says, that man doesn't know me. And you're going to go up to that man and you're going to say, do you know my Lord? You're going to have an opportunity to build the church. It ain't about a fancier building. Remember, I've said it a million times, the devil ain't worried about how big your house is. Stop praying for a bigger house. Your house don't scare Satan. But when you start praying, Lord, fill me with the fire of God so I may be a fiery witness for you in a dying world, that's going to move hell. Come on, somebody. It's got to be the right time. It's got to be the right time. Go to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read it off the board, Gail, for time's sake. <laughs> now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the what? By the Holy Spirit who, has give, who was given to us for when we were still without strength. We're talking about the right timing, right? When we were still yet sinners without strength in due time, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly right on time. <laughs> Do y'all get it? I get it. When he was on that cross, and we want to watch these movies, The Passion of the Christ, and that's a great movie, and praise God for it. But it wasn't the Romans that nailed him to the cross. I got a newsflash for everyone right now. It was you and I that nailed him to the cross. Come on, everyone shake your head like that. It was you and I that nailed Jesus to the cross. It was our sins, past present and future sin that nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. And every time we go back to our vomit and we don't get filled with the Holy Ghost and build the church future, then we're nailing him to the cross again. Hallelujah. The right time. Now the second right of the three that we're going to talk about is the right attitude. Uh-oh. Talking about the right attitude. Now, we all know some people that could use a little attitude adjustment, right? Come on, y'all can shake your head some more on that one. Y'all don't have to be so holy. We're going to, well, you know. And that's not us. It's not us that needs the attitude adjustment. It's always them, right? It's never me. Like, if they would just listen to me, <laughs> right? Y'all ain't going to shake your head. Like, yeah, whatever, Pastor. We'll talk about me then. The word attitude, put that definition up there. We're talking about the second point I have, the right attitude. Attitude is a pattern of thinking. So when you're on your way to work and you got that boss or that line lead or that supervisor or that administrator, whoever it may be, uh, you don't really care for, you got a bad attitude, you're already thinking on that. You hear what I'm saying? You're already thinking, man, I just hope they don't, I hope they call in sick today. 
Like you're wishing sickness on someone because you got a bad attitude. Come on, somebody. And the second one says the way we think about something that is reflected in our actions. So we got to have a right time. But we got to have a right attitude. Amen. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. You know, in this book right here, Paul's writing this letter. Paul's writing to the church. Okay? I want y'all to think about that when we read this, okay? He's telling church folks, you got a bad attitude. I'm not saying that to none of y'all because we're talking about me today. He's talking to the church in all these letters, these New Testament letters. He's writing the church folks. He ain't writing the, the Pharisee and the Sadducees. He ain't writing the religious people. He's writing the church folks. Uh, we're going to go with Philippians chapter 2, 14, 15, and 16. Now, y'all remember what I said, okay? Verse 14 says, do all things. What does all mean? All, all means all. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That word disputing in another uh, uh, version of the Bible says grumbling. Okay? So do all things. All means all without complaining and grumbling. That you may be blameless. And you may be harmless. And you will be children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom we're supposed to shine as lights. Verse 16, it says, but instead, you hold fast to the word of God, the word of life, the word of liberty, the word of freedom. You hold fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. I can do church and preach my heart out. You can do ministry and preach your heart out. You can feed the homeless. You can clothe the homeless wherever God's called you to be. But if you're doing it while grumbling and complaining, you're doing it in vain. But Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? You know, all this Bible lines up together, if you'll read it correctly, when we stand before him on that day and we say, didn't I do this? Didn't I feed the homeless? Didn't I preach my heart out? Didn't I give to the tithe? Didn't I give to the Salvation Army? Didn't I do this? And when he says, depart from me, I never knew you, it's because you did it in vain with grumbling and complaining. What good does it what good does it do for us to come to church if we complain about how long the service is? What good does it do for us to go out and raise money to feed the homeless if we complain about how hot it is outside to deliver the boxes? He says, I never knew you. You gotta have the right attitude. Some people do it for the prestige. We're gonna talk about me again for a minute, I guess. They get no amens on none of that. Some people do it for the uh, pats on the back, and they're doing it in vain. 
Some people do it with a why knowledge. They want to say, why is it that person's being elevated and I'm not? Don't they know what I do here and what they do here? They're doing it in vain. God can't honor it. We want to see a move of God in the big C church, right? We want to see a move of God at Pleasant Grove. I challenge you to check your attitudes. I got to check mine daily. Because a lot of the emails I get, they're talking bad to me. But some of the emails I get, they're talking good to me. And sometimes I focus more on the good ones than I do the bad ones. Because I like the attaboys. You hear me? I like to hear you. Job well done. Preacher, you were preaching today. Boy, you really spoke to me today. That was a word strictly for me. And all that's great and dandy. I hope this word's for everyone in here too. But at the end of the day, let him be lifted up. That what I do is not in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He talks about being the light in the world right there. You know why people ain't attracted to the church anymore? Because of the church's attitude. We got the Jesus fish on our car. We got the cross shirt. We got the prayer hat. We let people know what church we go to, who our pastor is, and what we're doing in the community. But at the end of the day, people watch us, and they see the attitude we have. And they say, that's a miserable person right there. Why would I want to become a Christian when I've already got what they got at home? The attitude. You gotta have the right timing. You gotta have the right attitude. We're gonna make it to my third point. My third point. And my third point is the right place. Amen. Right time. The right attitude. And your third right's the right place. We're talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost of God here this morning. All right? That's all we're talking about. We've been talking about it for four weeks leading to this Sunday. Remember at the opening when we was all clapping and we was all excited that after this Sunday we will not do church like we've ever done church before because we believe the Holy Ghost of God is fixing to drop fire down on this place. Turn with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 4. While y'all are going there, I'm going to preach just a little bit longer. Have y'all ever wondered, for real, y'all think about this, have you ever wondered where the right place is for the supernatural transformation to take place in your life? I mean, I, I got a point here that says the right place. Have you ever wondered where that right place is? Got, like, where is it I can go? Is it the big church somewhere? Is it the little church somewhere? Is it that tree stand where I talk to God? Is it on the boat fishing? I mean, where's the right place where my life can be transformed supernaturally? Where is that place? Is it the altar at PG Fellowship? Is it at Mama's graveside? I mean, where is that? Is it, is it Jerusalem? Do I need to go to Jerusalem for the supernatural transformation? Have you ever thought about that? Jerusalem, the church altar... The lake, the, the tree stand, wherever it may be, your car going down the road, those are all great places. But if you're going to be transformed supernaturally, the only right place has to be in your heart. Until I got transformed in my heart, I couldn't be filled with the Holy Ghost. I couldn't build the church. 
I couldn't lay hands on the sick and then be healed in the name of Jesus. I couldn't do any of that till my heart had to change. I'm not talking about a geographical location. I'm talking about a heart condition, church. That's the place where transformation supernaturally takes place. That's the right place. Proverbs 4 says, keep your heart with all diligence. That means guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above all things, it says, guard your heart for everything else that you are, that you have, that you say, that you do, flows out of that. You got to guard your heart, little brother. You got to guard your heart from the enemy. Because everything we do flows out of the heart, the abundance of the heart. Your heart is the right place for supernatural transformation. And then once your heart's transformed supernaturally, it don't matter if it's a tree stand, it don't matter if it's a, an assembly line, you can still have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God works through our heart, church, because that's where everything flows from, right? How can my ministry be not in vain if my heart's not right? So how can my heart be right if my attitude's not good? How can my attitude be right if it's not time for me to do what God's called me to do? Psalms 51, verse 10. The psalmist says, Create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Hallelujah. Man, I'm talking to some people in here today. I'm telling you, I'm talking to some people in here today. We just need to tell God, I want to be filled. I want the steadfast spirit. But first, you got to renew my heart. There's some things that I've allowed in my life, whether it's family members, finances. I'm not talking about sin, but we can talk about sin if you want to, if you've allowed that into your heart. But our heart has to shift into a different attitude. And then the timing's right. You hear me? Then the timing's right. I know some of y'all scratching your heads, and there's some people don't turn me off online. Bless God. There's got to be a right time and a right place with a right attitude sandwiched in between that. Pap, you want to come up and play something? Please. You good? Run it, run it, brother, run it. I told y'all, y'all don't even need me today. You know, there's, there's nothing that he can play on there or I, how many veins I can burst on the side of my head today that, that's going to make this any better. There's a sweet spirit of God that wants to lap you up with the fire of God and the devil's telling you what's that going to look like. The enemy's telling you what's it going to look like. Hallelujah. I'm going to go back to the first verse that I, that I preached, Acts 2.1. And I'm going to show you all something that the Lord showed me. And I could preach this from now on. Matter of fact, this is the message of PG Fellowship. Go get filled with the Holy Ghost and build the church. I'm going to go back to Acts 2. And I read 1 through 4. But I'm just going to read the first verse. And I'm going to show you what God showed me. We're talking about the three rights. The right time the right attitude in the right place. Watch this. 
Acts 2, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that was the right time. It says, they were all in one accord. That was the right attitude. And it says, and they were all in one place, the right heart. One verse right there. But watch this, brother. Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Verse 2 says, and suddenly, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Who wants to hear heaven? It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And the whole house, not part of the house, not a few in the house, but the whole house was filled with the Holy Ghost of God. There's no suddenly moments in your life until the timing's right, your attitude's right, and the place is right, your heart. It says when the day had Pentecost had fully come, there was nothing partial about that. And then it said the whole house, there's nothing partial about that. If you're still freaked out about what I preach, what I want to ask you to do right now is this. Just don't hinder the Spirit of God moving on people that's in here that wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Get this podium right here, brother. Hallelujah. Just keep playing, Pap. I pray to God that this, this word has spoke to y'all. One verse. I could have just preached that one verse, but I know that's not good enough these days. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, that was the right time. They were all in one accord. They had the right attitude. And they were all in one place, one heart. It says, then suddenly, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven. Is this Bible for us today, PG Fellowship? Is that word for us? If there can be a mighty rushing wind... When people got in one accord 2,000 years ago, why can't that wind blow through gentry right now in the name of Jesus? Why can't it blow through your own heart right now in the name of Jesus? Are we afraid what someone might think about us? Are we? Well, Marty's done came up here. He's the first one, so you ain't got to worry about being the first one in the name of Jesus. You ain't got to worry about being the second one. Hallelujah. Childlike faith. Look at that. And I'm not going to prime you a whole lot more. I promise you, if you ain't going to listen to the conviction of God, you sure ain't listening to me. But if you want prayer, you come up here. Generally, I do not take people hostage on this altar. But if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God, I'm going to be standing right here. And according to the word, it says through the laying on of hands. If it's the right time for you, you have the right attitude, and you're in the right place in your heart right now. There will be a suddenly moment in your life right here, right now. I believe that wholeheartedly. If you need a miracle in your life today, today's the day for it, I promise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Some will say that that, that ain't for me. But it is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. I get the opportunity to preach every single day just about. But I need more of the Holy Ghost every single day too. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy lie to you, church. Hallelujah.
Father, right now. Let me ask right quick, please, as these guys are praying. Again, just please keep the right attitude for this. You know, the Word of God says that every man, every woman, however you want to look at it, I want to be politically correct, is appointed a time to die. And I'm not one of these preachers that says, you better get right with God before you die, but I'm telling you, you better get right with God before you die. But it says, then comes judgment. So before we dismiss this service, I mean, I know, I hope y'all know that that I, because I'm, and I'm not, I don't want to make this sound like being boastful. I hear from God through my spirit and there's people in this church right now that's missing out on what God has for them because you're afraid of what it's going to look like. And he's calling you right now through the Spirit of God to this altar of redemption, of restoration. And you're afraid of what it's going to look like. But I want to give an invitation. The Word of God says that all men are appointed a time to die and then comes judgment. I want to make sure that everybody in this room right now, you may have been saved for 25, 30, 40 years, I don't know. But you're not sure. You don't have that eternal security right now. Maybe you've been in a backslidden state. I'm not talking about being just lined up with sin after sin after sin. I'm talking about you falling away from God. You have stepped away. And you know right now that you're not sure on the inside. That if you died today, that you'd be in glory. Is everyone in this room under the sound of my voice secure in that right there? Amen. Come on then, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. the Spirit of God fall in the name of Jesus. Fall. Holy Spirit. Y'all just keep the right attitude. Hallelujah. May the Spirit of God fall in this place right now in the name of Jesus. I call down fire right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I call down fire in the name of Jesus. Just keep on praying, church. Keep on. There's more, y'all.
You know, it's amazing to me how people think in order for you to be saved or rededicated that you need a preacher. But the Word of God says it's two parts. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that He died for you, then you shall be saved. Nowhere in there is a parenthesis says you got to come to the preacher and let him tell you that. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I can tell you, repeat after me, and there's your confession. But the believing in the heart part is 100% on you. That's why I don't tell people they're saved. How do I know if they believed it in their heart? Well, repeat after me. They think they've done something. If they ain't had a heart change, they'll bust head wide open thinking they're okay. This brother right here, you think he don't know the Lord? But the Spirit put him on his face. He didn't care what it looked like. There's more, y'all, I'm telling you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The right time, the right attitude, and the right place. You know, it's kind of funny that the Spirit's speaking to me right now, and I said that after this Sunday, We'll probably do church. We will do church differently than we've ever done it before. The numbers may have went down. But heaven's numbers are going up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We didn't do it in vain. We do church unconventional, if y'all ain't noticed. But we serve a supernatural God that there's nothing conventional about Him. I want to holler at you before you leave today too, brother. You. Brother David, there's a lot better preachers out there. You know it. We served under one that forgot more than I'll ever know probably and there's some people that can sing and probably play a little better than us and their coffee bar is better than us our coffee bar is just plain old percolated coffee by the way and I'm not taking nothing from that there's a place for every bit of that but the spirit of God reigns in this place I promise you and that's what's attractive People are attracted to the Spirit of God. I don't know about you. I don't need a superficial feeling on the inside that tells me everything's okay. I need a God that resolves my issues. I don't need a pat in the back. I need someone to tell me the truth. What if everything ain't going to be okay? My God loves me enough to tell me the truth. He says that situation that you're praying for, whatever it may be, it may not just be okay just yet. But hang on because the right 
time is coming. I need you to keep the right attitude. I love you, brother. And your heart's the right place. I want these, I want these, I mean, this place is growing, and I want, I want, I'm ready to start a building fund right now. But I'd rather have these 60 or 70 people that's filled with the Holy Ghost right now. Because I can take a handful of like-minded radicals, and we can start right here in Gentry. And we can take it to our homes in Gornsville. We can take the right attitude to Cookville. God will move. If you need a suddenly moment in your life, if you need the sound of heaven to run through your heart, there's a time, there's an attitude, and there's a place that we have to possess. Amen. I love you guys. It was one verse. I could have preached just the one verse. I'm telling you. On my face. Man. How about these guys up here today? Y'all give it up for them. Our tech team has a hard time following me. I thank you guys so much for being able to, to keep us like a ping pong paddle sometimes. They say they just, they just go wide. <laughs> But uh, my board, I love you guys. I love all the visitors. Thank y'all for being here. I hope that y'all understand the transparency of what the Holy Spirit gives me. I hope that don't freak people out. Uh, I really do. I won't apologize for what the Lord gave me. I will never apologize for the, for the written word of God. But we are raw. We are transparent in this church. And sometimes that's not as attractive as some of these other churches. But I'm here to tell you, it's as real as it gets right here. Because we're living in a real time right now. And I need a real God to some real problems. I need some real solutions. Amen. All hearts and minds clear? Go ahead. Here, let me give you this microphone. So the ones that ain't turned us off yet can hear. First of all, um, it's going to take a couple of seconds, just seconds. Anyway, I want to thank you for last week's service. When, and I tell you what, when you talked about talking, speaking in tongues, and I know what you're talking about, I understand that, and I'm, I'm with you on that. At the end of your service, you said, how about this tongue? I'm sorry. Yeah. Or this tongue, I forgive you. Yeah. Well, you, I, I tell you, you moved me really. You, you spoke to me. Well, God spoke to me through you, yeah. to be honest with you. And it really made a difference for the last few days. And then I, um, I did wrong last night. Of course, my niece doesn't think I did, but I did. I lost it in uh, said some ugly things and I want to say as a mother of adult children who have children last August I lost one of my boys to um, not to an well I didn't know if he had an addiction but um, 
I found out and realized by looking, I was his estate, whatever person, whatever we call these people. But anyway, he obviously had an alcohol problem. And um, anyway, he died. Um, he had a lot of issues. But um, he, he had COVID also. And uh, the funeral director said he never saw anybody with so many blood clots. It was early on. But um, <coughs> there's such a thing as generational curses. And my family and my, some of my siblings' families, we, are, we have generational curses in our family. And I have two other sons and grandchildren, and they need your prayers. We need to get <coughs> going to jail doesn't make you well. It doesn't make you well. So I just want, as a mother, to all you young people that may have a problem or mothers that are have younger children, pray all these evil demons out of your children's life. Now, don't wait till it gets there. And mothers and fathers and, and young people who have had addictions, please know that you're not the only one that hurts that does that. I, I want you to know your parents, anybody that loves you is affected. So just, um, and everybody that loves you when, you, when you conquer or even seek help, believe me as a mother, we're jumping up and down. We're jumping up and down. So I just wanted to share that. Y'all stretch your hands. Father, right now, on behalf of all the mothers that's prayed a prayer over their children, Father God, that have struggled with addiction or whatever, the alcoholism, whatever it may be, just wary, Father God. Just right now, Father God, we lift these mothers up to you. I lift this lady up to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, that you give her a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. That you breathe a supernatural breath into her life. And not just into her physical life, but emotional, spiritual. Father God, mental states right now in the name of Jesus. Any generational curses that she spoke of, Father God, I bound it right now in the name of Jesus. That it's broke right now through the blood of Jesus cross of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary that we come against the enemy schemes the fiery darts this against our homeland against our families against our children we take it back in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah father god we're taking it back in the name of Jesus and we praise you hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else before we dismiss? I love you guys. Like I said, there's going to be some of y'all saying, man, I should have went to the altar. But that's okay. We're going to be back here next Sunday, okay? Hey, man, you got a testimony? You got something? Yeah, here you go. Come on, brother. Not to go against what you just said, but you ain't got to wait to come back next Sunday to go down to this altar. You can go to the altar. When you get out in your truck or vehicle, you can go to the altar when you get back to your house. And God's convicting you. You lay it down. Because I promise you, the devil didn't want what this sermon preached today. Amen. Y'all give it up. Yep. Amen. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, anybody else? Any hearts and minds? Love you. Stick around. You stick around. We'll talk to both of you guys if that's okay. Okay? All right. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
I thank you, Lord, that, uh, you know, we asked you at the beginning of this service to have your way, and I strongly believe that you did, Father. I, I, I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm just so grateful for the blood of Jesus this morning. I'm grateful for the Spirit of God that lives in us, Father God. I'm grateful for these people under the sound of my voice and those that are watching as well. Uh, I just pray, Lord, that you uh, continue to love on us, minister to us, surround us with, with peacekeeping angels, that we can be a blessing to other people, Father God. I thank you for your timing. I thank you for our attitude, Father God, and I thank you for the heart that you've given us. Let our heart uh, uh, catch the heart of God, that, that the things that break your heart, God, let those things break our heart, Father God, that we may be able to see this lost and dying world totally different, Father God, but through the eye lens of Christ and not through the eye lens of bias. Father God, and I thank you for that. And I want you to bless our time as we leave here. Bless, the, bless all the uh, families, the people that, that showed up today that's new here. Lord, I just, I just ask that you just give them a, a blessing above uh, and beyond they can ever possible imagine, Lord. But we love you, we praise you, and we do this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And the church says, amen. amen. God bless you.